today that I think I found what's going to be the biggest obstacle for me in adulthood. Yeah, what, what would that be? Uh, it's the word C-O-M-E. Uh, I took Rhoda. Uh-huh. Jane and I took Rhoda to oh, her oh, puppy no. class this morning. I'm already terrified. No, no, no. It's not bad. Oh. But basically, you know, is it, is it we, have to teach, we have to teach dogs, uh, yeah, like, you know, some rules so Rhoda doesn't run into the street. A yeah. thing she loves to do. A thing she really wants to do desperately. Because I love her, but she's an idiot. <laughs> um, she's also super smart. But the thing is, you have to teach her sit and come. And when I hear that word, mostly because oh I do this podcast with you. Oh, boy. And, you're, and the trainer who says things like, you just really want to show your dog has a good cum. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm very sorry that I was the one who ruined that word for you, Liam. No, it wasn't ruined. I, I just I just had to, like, really hold... Because there's only two other dogs. Yeah, and no gonna... one else is laughing at all the hilarious <laughs> cum jokes that are being made. Because we're saying things like, you know, sometimes you have to use a treat to get your dog to come, which Adult, is just adult, the sentence. Adulthood is the process of unlearning and relearning, isn't it? You know what? In many ways, you're also the dog. Come can be hard for dogs. Why? What are they taking that makes that's a that could be a throwback to an early Media Majors episode where oh, we used right. to fake ads for cum wow, hardeners. This is amazing. This is the best intro we've ever done, and it's about dog cum. Every, well, but wow. not, but not. It's about dogs. Everybody's C-O-M-E. already, everybody's already turned off. It's the not, podcast. It's Liam. not C U M though. I'm not talking about jism. I'm not talking about seed. I'm talking about how homonyms work. All right. What? Did, what in God's name do we do on this terrible program? Tell you stories. Fucking cretin. <laughs> Please, it's the Kremlin. <laughs> I am a very, that is where our podcast is sponsored by, if you check our Twitter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Media Majors. It's a storytelling podcast based in media. I'm Liam Sr. I tell a story about movies and TV. I'm Tom Lockney. I'm profoundly uncomfortable, and I tell stories from the realm of uh, video games and internet culture. Yeah. When I talk like this, it's a pilot that used to be an NPR radio host. <laughs> And we have a theme every, every week. week. What is that theme? This it's excess. It's excess. Yeah. Excess, excessiveness. Right. Too much. And I'm starting us off this week. Tanamunjo joined YouTube on April 30th. You too. YouTube. YouTube. Cool. On April... Make sure you got that B sound in there, or Bono's gonna <laughs> sue us. 30th, 2015. Not again. <laughs> he sues us so much. Well, it's because I keep claiming that U2 is responsible for various war crimes. And eventually found her way to success by using racist language, like the N-word, making popular storytime videos, and performing music on her channel, which now has 3.5 million subscribers. But she's a racist. Yeah, I would say say she's a racist, probably. I don't, that's the thing. I don't watch her content, but I know that she says the N-word. So that's enough for me. Well, hold on. What ethnicity is she? She is a white woman. So, yeah, that's not good. Uh, her first video to broach 1 million views was kicked out of Walmart, really breaking out of the disrespectful entitled YouTuber stereotype. Was it done by one of those, like, awful YouTube thumbnails where they're, like, uh, uh, energetically shrugging and they look like, what, on their face? I'm 100% sure. God. YouTube is a terrible website that rewards some of the worst, most hateful elements of our society. 
Uh, and they even gave her a YouTube Red series entitled Escape the Night. As with any major YouTube star or major YouTube stars, she attended VidCon, where terrible people can meet their ghoulish fan bases. I should say, right off the bat, there are YouTubers that are all right people. I'm thinking of a couple right now. I'm a yeah. big fan of Drew Gooden. He's I'm not, the road work ahead Vine guy. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to come at if you if if, if by some chance you are a YouTuber listening to this. The good YouTubers know they're good YouTubers, and the bad YouTubers don't know they're bad, bad YouTubers. Bad YouTubers, good God, they never do. We should also like not to throw uh, glass stones at stone houses because we are uh, podcasters, yeah. which is maybe uh, two steps above YouTuber. Yeah, but also we've never said the N word. This is true. Uh, However, she had a bad experience at several VidCons, which she detailed in her one hour and 18 minute long vlog, Why I Won't Be Going to VidCon 2018, a rant. How many mid-roll ads do you think she put in that bad boy? I would would wager quite a few. Uh, She was denied a featured creator badge, meaning that she was not entitled to the same protective security measures as other YouTubers, and she was forced to move through the public. This resulted in mobs of fans rushing to meet her, like Jesus of Nazareth she was. I love that that scene in the Bible that's just like one of those early Beatles movies where Jesus is trying to avoid all his fans. Yeah. And he's like reading the newspaper even though it's got a big face of Jesus and, on it. And Keemstar is shouting at him to say the N-word over and over, yeah. <laughs> you ruined my fun Beatles bit with your YouTube racism. Uh, it sounds like two years in a row they invited her and then didn't provide her with the credentials they had promised, which, like, left her vulnerable. She's not a very good person, but, But, like, like that is, like, that poor sucks. planning. Like, you're, that's also them being bad at their job. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Manjo, this posed a security risk, and she was asked to leave VidCon, which, it, again, sucks, but is hilarious. Being, it gets, like, get, she got kicked out of VidCon, which is... You can't put a, a comparison to that because that's the comparison I would use to describe shame. During her video, she jokes that she should hold a meet and greet across the street from VidCon. This spun into a hashtag, hashtag Tanacon, which spun into an approach from a promoter from Good Times Live, a talent agency so, uh, specializing in social influencers. Wow, so, uh, so just the new like, enemy. <laughs> If anything can be learned from this, it is that the influencer ecosystem is dominated by cynical, desperate opportunists. Tanakan was slated for the weekend of the 22nd of June, Year of Our Lord 2018. In an interview with Forbes magazine, Manjo detailed the process by which she organized this event. The opening question on the part of the interviewer is an egg from Tom Ward. The reason I wanted to sit down with you is Tanakan. What was shocking to me was that you put this together. <laughs> no disrespect to you, but you were the last person I'd expect to arrange a conference to rival VidCon. End quote. She expressed surprise at being the first influencer to organize an influencer convention, even though VidCon is an influ- influencer convention ran by influencers. Hank and John Green on the behalf of YouTube. Wait, wait, wait. Hold yeah, up. Yeah, did you not know that? Oh, fuck. oh, yeah, John Green, my alma mater is a YouTube star, and, and that's why I'm never going back there. 
I'm just gonna burn the world down, Tom. Uh, she expressed surprise, uh, saying that it should have been a more uh, quote family friendly YouTuber, and the example she gave was Jake Paul. You know that super family friendly dude, that huge bigot. Like, there's that's the thing is there are no heroes in this story. I I want I want social barometer on these people. It's something else. It was gross. I want to cut this out, but I just want to make sure. What did Jake Paul do that made him a bigot? I just know he's like he he was part of like he was not in the suicide video, but he was with Logan Paul trying on kimonos and stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah, just making sure. Uh, she talks about the pressures of a monocon culture, feeling like you have to go back every year, and then uh, the interviewer compares her to an abuse victim, and she goes, "It's exactly like that." Oh, that's always good. Uh, this is a good thing to do. Run by good people who are extremely competent and not ex- extraordinarily dangerous narcissists. New- Despite the last-minute nature and unqualified organizer, numerous YouTubers reacted positively to Tana's VidCon video because they are also... It's all the, they're all the, the same. It's, it's, it's a cesspool. Uh, and they seem to be willing to throw their name behind a brand-new influencer convention. You know what YouTube is? You know the classic symbol and Ouroboros yeah. of the snake eating its own tail. That is not what YouTube is. It is a, it's a diarrhea. It's a man eating his own ass. Close. It is what I describe as a diarrhea, which is a man diarrheaing into his own mouth, further creating more diarrhea. Yeah, like the most of the like popular YouTubers suck because YouTube is an organization that systemically rewards bigotry and racism. Like very recently they clowned on themselves in a, in a way that's not going to hurt them at all obviously no they're a huge corporation um but like they they demonetize lgbt content yep. they uh run anti-gay ads on queer content and then at the end of pride month they were like sorry about that everybody we're gonna try better i guess and this is like the hundredth fucking time that they've done that. YouTube's comments are just as bad as shit on like 4chan. The only difference is that they can't post images, although they do their best. If you go to any YouTube live stream, it's full of swastikas. YouTube does not care about bigots, and it's why people like Tana Monjo can get big saying the N word, Mm -hmm. palling around with people like Jake Paul, or later on, she she gives a fucking uh, uh, interview to Keemstar, and Keemstar should be in a prison. Like, you'll talk about him one day. One day, and then he's gonna make a fucking eight-hour video and be like, he's a pedophile or whatever. I I Keemstar, got called yeah, a Keemstar, pedophile for pointing out someone's bigotry. What? Is, that's such yeah, a no, weird no, no. That's jump like, to make. That's like Keemstar's big thing. Is he calls he calls people pedophiles a bunch. Like one time, he almost caused like an eighty-one-year-old man who's like just like a random YouTuber to kill himself. Because he called him a pedophile and like Keemstar like poses himself as like a news guy, but yeah, Keemstar's bad fucking. Yeah, news. maybe you shouldn't do a story about him. Yeah, just uh, let him die in a sewer. He's he's like he's like the walking embodiment of a gamer gator. Anyways, anyway, where was I? Jesus Christ! Let's dig through this feces. Uh, yeah, I suspect that part of the reason people were hopping on was to like 
these people also are frustrated at YouTube as an organization because like YouTube is run by incompetent people who don't know how to make their platform run smoothly. Uh, but also it's like bad faith shit stirring because all these people make like drama alert videos where they're like fucking YouTube's at it again. And like, man, it is a weird environment. Numerous individuals who had voiced support for TanaCon were already slated for VidCon, and with only 30 days to go, ditching one con for another made no sense. On planning the event, Manjo had this to say, I've never worked so hard at something. There's no sleep. It's down to the color of the cups for the uh, at the party for the creators on the second night. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what gets... the fuck does that No, hold on. What the <laughs> fuck does it down to the color of the cups? Okay. What are you saying, Shell Silverstein? <laughs> Who gets what hotel room? What flights? It's every little thing. I want pink glitter on the floor. I want small glitter. It's mind-blowing that what I have to you, pay wait, attention to Wait, hold on. What do you, wait, stop, stop. What is big glitter? What the fuck is big glitter? <laughs> well, big glitter, it's a lot that's a, like... That's a disco it's a ball. like big pharma. Hotel, <laughs> oh, so, okay. Whoever's talking right now is on cocaine and too much of it. It's Tana Manjo. Well, she's, she's on too much cocaine. Mm-hmm. It's my name. It's Tana Khan. And if anything bad happens, bad security or whatever, it's on me. The Forbes interviewer then, like, th- just throws journalistic decorum out the window and tells her to say who's going to be there and how much the tickets will be, like, this is an advertisement and not an interview. This Forbes thing was really weird to read. One of Monjo's goals was inclusivity, not in the sense of actual diversity, but in the sense of YouTuber ego. There were free featured creator tickets for the fans. And and uh, and this is and th- I'm not putting this right in here. This is what they were called: featured fucking creator tickets for fans who wanted to pay for more access. I quote: "I wanted that inclusive feeling. I want the fans to know that just because we have a microphone, we're no different from you." I actually think this speaks to how part of how nakedly egotistic this affair was, and how YouTube has been this like intensely desocializing force. Like here, inclusivity is is based in platform power differentials that's how they're framing it uh like we have a microphone and you don't but we're the same but like it's not about oh to them inclusivity is not about like people's place and experience in society it's starting endpoint is like we are youtubers and you are not yeah uh and then on top of that the entire like we're equals is a total farce because like some people pay more money for more access which is like by definition not yeah like There's no such thing as small glitter. It's all small. <laughs> like it's it's very strange that we have that YouTube has created an entire like sub sub genre of platform holders that that are like incapable of thinking outside of their video platform. It is weird. Eighty other YouTubers were promised, including Shane Dawson, Casey Neistat, Emma Chamberlain, and even uh, Manjo's good friend Bella Thorne. <laughs> yeah, did you not know that? No, I don't know who this person was until you started the story. 5,000 tickets were available, 4,200 were sold, ranging from $1 to $65, despite Tanakan being billed as a free event. There were no free tickets. There were no free tickets. And, like, yeah, $1 is not much, but also, like, people pay money to, like, fucking fly out there. And despite, in the interview, uh, Tana Manjo herself saying, Why do you need to be paid thousands of dollars to take a picture with someone or hug them? People love this. Let's try to offer some free tickets, and we have some paid options too. Uh, the $65 ticket version was advertised as a VIP ticket, and would supposedly, a very important equal person, and would supposedly come with a gift bag of, quote, quadruple value. 
the night before registration was pushed from 8 a.m. to 6 a.m. So when you get there with your ticket, you have to register. Mm -hmm. And then disaster struck. Guess how many people showed up to the event that, despite uh, requiring a ticket to get in, had been advertised as free? A lot. 2,000. That's a lot. Fans would not see the inside of the convention venue until 9 a.m., and many more were left outside where they experienced severe sunburn and dehydration, oh. and a few even passed out. Yep, that happens. Many of the slated YouTubers either couldn't make it because of their prior commitment to VidCon, uh, creating scheduling conflicts, or some of them just chose not to go. I mean, yeah, there was another more popular, uh, like, established convention yeah, across that the wasn't, street. Yeah, that wasn't started as, like, a spite project to VidCon. Jesus. Those who got inside realized that there was, essentially, nothing to do. They had wasted their money. Those quadruple-value gift pads simply contained a wristband, a few stickers, and a ton of condoms, which several attendees blew up and passed around like beach balls. <laughs> that rules. <sighs> this is the only benefit to the $65 ticket. All fans were instructed to stand in the same lines. Uh, they ran out of general passes and so started handing out VIP passes. And maybe, maybe instead of focusing on which glitter, maybe you start with the passes. It quickly became apparent this was an immense safety hazard as one witness reported seeing someone being carried out on a stretcher. Security began having fans leave as the event was out of control. Though Manjo tweeted that the event would change venues the following day to accommodate more people, she then had some sad news to share with the world. Quote, Due to an overwhelming and unexpected response of over 15,000 unregistered guests arriving to the venue Friday morning, unfortunately, inclusivity to everyone became a safety hazard to the exact people we wanted to accommodate. Not YouTubers. Our team has worked around the clock to find a solution to accommodate everyone safely and fairly, but at this point in time, there is no way to continue our weekend at Tanacon, as is without risking the safety of all our featured creators, which is the number one priority. Refund claims can be made until January 5th, 2019. If there's one thing that I've learned from uh, researching failed conventions for media majors, is if, if you're thinking about doing it, don't just don't because you've got i mean dash that's the thing at least dashcon had a pool full of piss in it yeah yeah or like more recently this year like fancon happened like i do i do genuinely believe that a lot of the reasons that this failed so could uh, like catastrophically and in like in the ways that it did especially with like the press leading up to it is is because it was one youtuber who's like a terrible terrible person being like well, I'll just do my own convention because, like, I had a bad experience at this one. And, like, that is a large part of it, too. We're going to take a break and hear about another show on the network that you love so much. And when we get back, it's my turn. So, strap in, folks. Hello, listener. Do you like scare, a jump, a fright? How about Maine? How do you feel about Maine? If any of those words made your heart skip a beat, then I've got a podcast for you. King Me is a monthly Stephen King podcast where I, Tom Lockney, and a guest watch through a theatrical adaptation of the work by everyone's favorite Northeastern author and talk about it with a little help from the source material. So, if you're feeling particularly brave, join me on my descent into terror on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find podcasts. All right, uh, 
I'm going to start this with a quick heads up and kind of content warning. Uh, I'm doing a story about noted actor, abuser, and misogynist Jonathan Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to be the focus of the story, but I feel I would feel weird not saying yeah, anything. Yeah, if we're talking about him, you know. Uh, I don't want to go into it. Like, it's, you know, just, just look it up. There's enough information about it. But I do want to point out that, like, if you don't think that he's a misogynist, uh, here's a couple of quotes of him talking about women, specifically his mother, in um, the Rolling Stone interview that I kind of got most of the information for my story from. Also, go read that Rolling Stone interview. It's fucking wild. So this is on his mom. This is Johnny Depp, quote. My mom was born in a fucking holler in eastern Kentucky. Her poor fucking ass was on phenobarbital at 12. It was a ghost house. No one talked. I don't think there was a way I thought about people, especially women, other than I can fix them. Yeah, woo. Uh, Betty Sue, which is his mother. I worshipped her. She could be a real bitch on wheels. Uh, my mom was being, mm. my mom was maybe the meanest human being I I have ever met in my life. Yeah, and that's just that's just from his own mom. So like, this was and this was from like a month ago. A month ago, he said ago. this to a reporter. I know all I know about that because you asked me not to read it yet. But all I know about that Rolling Stone interview was that it was supposed to like rehabilitate his image, and he is just such a fucking piece of shit that it just made things worse. So go read the interview after this, because uh, it's it's nuts. But that's kind of not what we're gonna talk about. We're yeah. gonna focus on money, specifically Johnny Depp's finances. So Depp was born in Owensboro, Kentucky. He's the youngest of four children. Uh, he moved a lot in his childhood. He came from a very poor family. Uh, his parents divorced when he was 15. And he mostly lived his life in places like Kentucky and Florida, staying around the South. Uh, he began playing in garage bands at age 12 and fucked off to L.A. to be a musician in 83 after marrying Lorianne Allerson. And he, his wife introduced him to a man named Nicholas Cage, who says, hey, uh, hey, Johnny Depp, why don't you become an actor instead? Oh, that's my really bad Nicholas Cage. But I feel like everyone can terrible. do a Nicholas Cage, and it's fun to do. Go do a Nicholas Cage in the mirror for your self-care. Uh, yeah, Nicholas Cage is the one who was like, you should be an actor. And then later... Oh, Nicholas. And then Johnny Depp divorced his wife in 1985. Um, so Depp was in 21 Jump Street, which is a TV show. He was in Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And it pretty much cemented him as, like, a figure in Hollywood. Hollywood's spooky kooky dude. Yeah. Uh, he owned the Viper Room. He, like, bought the Viper Room, which was a speakeasy that Bugsy Siegel owned. And then mm. just turned it into, like, a rock club that the Guns N' Roses would play at and places like that. Right. It's unfortunately where River Phoenix overdosed outside Ooh. of. Uh, who was friends with Depp. With Depp. With Depp. With Depp. Dep, so that, that really fucked him up. So he was kind of known as this, like, Hollywood eccentric. He was, yeah, he's Hollywood scene kid. Yeah, I think that's the same. Before, it was before scene, kid. scene kids were a thing, too. Yeah. But then he was Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean. This made him a worldwide superstar and gave him so much fucking money. He would never have to cut his hands and throw a bloody coin back into the gold ever again. It's been a long time since I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean because, <laughs> guys, those movies are like two and a half hours long and I've got things to do. But alas, his uh, his Jolly Roger, no, his... Uh, his bl- yeah. He had to sell his black... I couldn't think of any pirate puns because pirates don't have to declare bankruptcy. Ah, okay. Well, I didn't know where you were going with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're pirates. The thing about pirates is that you're always bankrupt. 
Over the past 18 months, there has been basically only bad news for Depp. In addition to financial woes, it turns out that he's been having to use earpieces to get his lines fed to him during movie shoots. Um, I'm not an actor or a director per se, but you should probably know your lines when you're shooting a multi-million dollar movie. Just because, like, you know, other people aren't getting paid a gajillion dollars to be there in Bulgaria longer than you, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Also, like, Johnny Depp has, like, one performance, and it's... And then he does something weird with his hands and he shakes his head a bit. And, like, I don't understand why that costs so much money. He's earned an estimated over $650 million in a decade. Just from, like, pirates. And he still had to declare bankruptcy. Not declare bankruptcy, but, but like, he, he, he lost, lost all his, all his money. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today we're going to kind of figure out why. That is just, like, like especially now as, as we grapple with the existence of, like, hyper-capitalist hoarders like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, like, I we, we really need to start stigmatizing, one having that amount of money and two like if you using have, it poorly if you have that amount of money and you are n- n- and losing it on things like i guarantee you johnny depp did not spend it on social services for people or something like that he probably like like the fucking chicken gold like we need to start the gold covered wings like yeah. we, we fucking shaban's need fucking gold wings to start stigmatizing that level and use of wealth so I already talked about how he bought the Viper Room in 1990. Uh, he ended up giving it, giving up his ownership in 2004 for financial reasons. Okay. So this is 2004, and he had to give something up for financial reasons, even though he had already made a Pirates movie, I think. Yeah. Oh, he had already made a Pirates movie at this point, so he's yeah. very, very, very wealthy. And he had to give up <laughs> stake in this club for financial reasons. And he didn't th- learn anything from this. Because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. $3.6 million annually to his 40-person staff. He plays pretend what? for money. Oh, every year he has to spend $3.6 million on his 40-person staff. What did the staff do? Uh, chefs, cleaners, like his personal assistants, drivers. So that's three point six million a year. That's where that goes. Can I hang on? I want to very quickly do. Oh, a we're not. Bit of, I'm. I don't have all of the fi- all, all of his finances. Three point six million, right? Yep. Yeah, that's ninety thousand a year. A year to not each even six person. figures. Not even six figures. Holy Scum. shit! Scum of the earth. You ready for this? 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 $350,000 a month go to his 156-foot yacht. $350,000 a month. So multiply that by 12. So, yeah. So, like, if he just didn't have a yacht, he could he, pay all these people more money, and he or, or he could give that money to fucking... Such- well, here's the thing. His <sighs> staff lives in, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a really expensive city. Mm-hmm. $90,000 a year is not... Not a ton. It's not a bunch. I, like, yeah, like that is that is like they're, easily like, they're double definitely, what we They're make. definitely like they're 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 well like not well off. Like I'm sure they're okay, but even I'm sure they have anxieties about work and stuff now more than ever. Obviously, yeah. Like, so many so many fucking people. It's just like the hey, <sighs> yo. Uh, 
at one point, he owned 14 different properties, including an entire villa in France where his kids were raised. You know how you were raised in a villa in France, as was I? Yeah, yeah. I, I love to come fly to the southern countryside to visit you, and you visited me in the northern countryside. Is that how France is, is geographically I don't structured? fucking care. No, no one, idea. No one should be raised in a villa by themselves. Yeah. Yikes. From advice from one of his heroes, Marlon Brando. Hey, listeners Ooh. of this show, we know that's a bad sign, don't we? All our media major heads out there, their thinking caps are... It was fucking weird when uh, What's-His-Fuck was like, yeah, so-and-so and Marlon Brando had sex, and everybody was like, oh, gay icon, Marlon Brando, and it's like, no, no. don't do that! And it was Richard Pryor. Uh, from advice on Brando, he brought he bought islands... Plural. Jesus Christ. Imagine, like, imagine all the, like, actually good things that you could do with that money. One of his five houses on Sweetser Avenue is just a reconverted recording studio for his band Hollywood Vampires, which is him, Alice Cooper, and Aerosmith's Joe Perry. He has hundreds of classic guitars, motorcycles, expensive art. I mean, we're talking original pieces for hundreds of thousands since the 90s, and he's like an art, big art guy. Art should not cost that much. Art should be for the public. He has a personalized Banksy, which is a waste of money. Yeah. Um, Except Banksy. <laughs> Banksy's search is for no one. Oh, and then, hey, call back to another earlier episode. We've talked about Johnny Depp's finances before, actually. I did a oh, list yeah, of all you the had crazy... That fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, on that list, I mentioned Johnny Depp would spend over uh, would spend about 30000 a month on just wine. That's frightening. Uh, I would actually... I was wrong. How much does he spend a month? Over 30000 a month on wine, and he was really mad that they actually got that wrong. Wow. I mean... I just like because I, I know that I know that he has a drinking problem, but like oh, what would that what would give that away? The fact that he spends over fifty thousand a month on wine. That is so much money to spend on alcohol. Hey, Johnny, it's, did you know? Did you know that you can go to CVS and get like a a jug of Christian Brothers for like seventeen bucks? He spends more on wine in a year than he pays his personal staff. That's unbelievable. Just, just want That's everyone to know a, that a monthly, like all, like. And that's the other thing. It's like there should not even be the avenue to spend that much money on alcohol. Like even if you're buying three $10,000 bottles of wine, there should be no such thing as a $10,000 bottle of wine. Unless it can make you like relive memories in perfect sense. Man, it's so good that two leftists decided to like be interested in some of the most hyper-capitalist industries on the planet. But the biggest waste of money is when he spent what was reported as $3 million to shoot Hunter S. Thompson's ashes out of a cannon, but was actually $5 million. Oh my god. He spent more on that in a day. In a day. Than he, he did on for his, his personal staff. Personal staff in a year. So I mean, his um, accountants were concerned, to say the least. His lawyers were... Uh, I don't think there's a single individual in, in Johnny Depp's life, secondary, tertiary, whatever. I If you passed Johnny Depp on the street, you would feel a shiver travel up your spine. I don't think there's a single person involved with Johnny Depp who is not in, in, incredibly upset and afraid. Well, here's the best part. See, his lawyers, uh, two guys named... So his lawyers, Jake Bloom and Joe Mandel were basically came up to him one day and was like hey you need to stop 
spending money so much. Like you're yeah. we're 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 like not doing good here. And he was like, No, I got okay, yeah. I'll <laughs> I'll sell the yacht. It's fine. And then he went to Saint Tropez, um sorry, sorry. He then uh, agreed to sell his St. Tropez Villa estate. Instead, he doubled the price of w- the selling price he wanted in a day, which is a sign of not wanting to sell. Mm-hmm. And then he fucked off to Singapore and bought $108,000 worth of suits. I can't even imagine having the time for this. We spend so much time just like working and being productive and doing things for society. And I can't, I barely have time to go to the fucking grocery store. So Depp then met a lawyer named Waldman who had worked for Cher, uh, Russian billionaires that uh, were like in Putin's pocket. Like oligarchs? Yeah. No, literally. Yeah, no, Russian oligarchs. I'm not even joking. Jesus Christ. It's a Russian oligarch named Oleg, like was one of his clients. I'm not even making that up. And he convinced Depp to sue his old lawyers for $25 million. So now Johnny Depp is in a legal battle with his lawyers saying that they spent all his money. But... But he, but, 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 but we know, but we know that that's not true because it's publicly available information. That's the whole premise of this show is it's publicly available information. They're just arguing over the fact that Johnny Depp was like, I was never told that I couldn't spend all this money. And they were like, we were telling you constantly not to spend all this money. Oh my God. But however, Waldman, who in the article smokes weed all and hash all the time with Johnny Depp, always a good sign when your financial advisor and lawyer is fucking partying with you. (laughs) When has that ever gone wrong? Um, They think that they're going to change Hollywood with this because that like actors have been rich, rich actors have been getting taken advantage of for too long. Mm -hmm. Uh, Johnny Depp doesn't pay his personal staff more than he uh, spends on wine in a year. Just want to keep like yeah. repeating this because I think it's important. What a what a like just disgusting example of like the worst the worst the worst results of power and money is Johnny fucking Depp. Like just the scum of the earth. So he received twenty five point seven million over the past two years from the first four pirates, Alice and Wonderland, and Into the Woods, and that all went into his debt. But his other income is unknown, because he's not with the or the he's with a new lawyer. Mm-hmm. And Waldman says he's earned money from uh, Labyrinth, some, a movie called Labyrinth. I don't think it has anything to do with the old version of Labyrinth, the Fantastic Beast sequel, which is ridiculous that he's in, and Nomeo and Juliet, Sherlock Gnomes. That's that's that's. I mean, like this brings up another good point: is like somebody who is this. Well, you know, it's fucking bullshit that people like you or me get uh, people people at like our level of earning get guff for you know like avocado toast is a big one or even something like even more indulgent like i'm saving up to get another tattoo right now and people are going to be like that's so irresponsible with your money but like that's you're allowed to indulge things but there's a point where indulgence crosses over into negligence and like and societal societal negligence and that's what johnny depp is doing mm-hmm. i mean this is ridiculous johnny depp hasn't really spoken and, much about this but what he, he should did not say... be given sorry the, the end of my point was and he should not be given further opportunities to make more money to waste yeah uh, he's remained largely silent about all this, but on April 25th, he said, it's my money. If I want to buy 15,000 cotton balls a day, it's my thing. I've worked very hard for a lot of years and trusted a lot of people. Some have clearly let me down. Uh, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. 
So we can get into the nitty gritty, but basically people with lots of money who use it poorly are monsters, but the people they hire to protect their money might be even worse. For more info on this case, read The Trouble with Johnny Depp by Stephen Roderick. It's a Rolling Stone article. It's weird and fascinating, and it fleshes out who this weird, abusive dude is. Yeah. So there are two instances in the article that I think need to be discussed. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. They are the weirdest parts of the article. Oh, yeah? They have nothing to do with finances, and they have nothing to do with misogyny. So oh, okay. if, like, if this, is a con- this is not a content warning thing... This is the strange news. I feel. I feel though, like, just just so we can be aware, because we've been focusing on the money this whole time. We should we should make clear that uh, Johnny Depp is an abusive individual, like physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Amber Heard has like yeah given her account numerous times, and nobody fucking believed her. But it's true, and Johnny Depp is a bad person. Yes, sir. Uh, well, I was like, go read the article because he, he goes into it that and that very well. clearly is like this happened. Oh my god. Yeah. No, no, he, it's, it's a great article. That's he just why straight up admits to it, huh? Oh, no, no. The guy who wrote the article oh, okay. investigated it and was like, uh, like pictures and phone records and, you know, yeah. he, he was like, it's, and also, it's not and also fucking hard to... And also her base level testimony is yeah, such yeah, a no, detailed he, he, account. He did, yeah, and yeah. her testimony and she, uh, there was another person who was like a auditory witness because she made a phone call and he, yeah, it, it's a good article. So this is a, an excerpt. To, I want to read two excerpts. This is part one, number one. Hang in, everyone. Strap it, folks. Maybe it's the booze and the hash, but Depp seems happy to have someone to hang out with, even though we have exhausted the ins and out of his case. Someone mentions they can't stand Oasis. This is enough of an opening for Depp to grab an acoustic guitar and oh spend my God. 20 minutes tuning it before oh squawking out a 20 few notes. 20 minutes? Before, before squawking out a few notes of Wonderwall. So that's the thing. Yeah, 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 dog. It's like a G, it's like a G chord and then like a C major 7 or some shit. Like, it's... Wonderwall's a very simple song to play, and it took him 20 minutes to get there, huh? I'm inviting Jane to hear this part because when I told her, when I uh, sent her the article, we talked about this fact for, like, a good ever after. We still talk about it, like, every day. This is what stood out to me when I read it. Like, I stopped reading to tell you, like, I just got to this part. Okay, guys, (laughs) fucking do it to me. All right. I'm so happy to be your emotional guinea pig in this this experiment. I can't believe you have to pull it up. It's burning my brain. Also, I wrote a really funny thing, so I want to... Gotcha. Uh, they mentioned what Johnny Depp's favorite food is. What is his favorite food? Could it be a rustic peasant dish of France made lovingly and painstakingly in a chateau of sorts? I'm going to guess no. Is it perhaps a form of cuisine he discovered on one of his many exotic shoots? Also probably not. Or is it perhaps a sandwich formed on white bread with canned tuna and canned corn? What? Yeah. His wait, favorite food wait, is wait. a tuna corn sandwich. What? Tuna corn sandwich. Does he at least... Does he at least heat up the corn? I don't even I don't know. think so, dude. Are like you cold, fucking kidding me? It's like me. a tuna fish sandwich with corn. With corn in it, yeah, though. Yeah, canned corn and with canned tuna corn. fish. I'm like, yeah, yeah. gonna start gagging. You yeah. know what, wait, you know what this means, right? Is that when that Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp is certified white trash? Yes. When, he, when he poops, when he poops, Ooh, it's, it's just corn. He's it's eating corn cat food and, and tuna. Corn. He's eating cat food and corn. That's so <laughs> gross. Ugh. Fucking I'm gross. I'm getting sick again. All right, thanks, Jane. All right, bye, meaning majors. So sometimes just, just fucking you know what? <laughs> just throw some just throw some oatmeal into a coke and drink it. Just throw some oatmeal into a bowl of Coke Zero just and fucking some... slop it up. It's got everything. It's got sugar, it's got caffeine, it's got carbs. You know what? Why not cut up a few fucking hot dogs and throw it in, Johnny? Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> Why don't you just order the fucking plate of sushi and shove it right up your urethra? You fucking scarf-wearing nightmare. Yeah. You you look like an old man wandered into a hot topic, huffed a bunch of ether, fell down eight times, and stumbled into a food court, um, begging for attention. Edward Scissorhands sucks. Edward Scissorhands does suck. Anyways... This show, it sucks dick. And, <laughs> this is a dumb show. And we try to... I'm switching from sativa to indica. Balance that out with, like, just, like, a nice thing. Oh, yeah. Last night, I watched The Handmaiden again. Oh, yeah. Which is really... Man, what an incredible picture. I saw that with friend of the show, Eric McAdams, and we had a fucking blast. He was the first person who showed it to me. Um... And then immediately afterwards watched Suspiria. And man, Suspiria's a fucking good-ass movie. Nice. So that was my self-care corn was I got to see two real cool movies. Uh, I'm going to cut that. My real self-care corner is uh, on friend of King Me's and friend of this show's, uh, Maddie's recommendation. I got a game called Darkest Dungeons, and it is so adorably fun and gory. It is very good, I hear. Um, that's all I got. That's all we got. Thanks for listening to everybody. Sorry this one was a bummer episode. We've had a run of kind of happy ones, and then... Oh, we gotta go back to the classics, though. I haven't made you pissed in, like, weeks. God damn it, I'm just fucking... I don't think I've made you the, uh, mad since Werner Herzog. I just fucking... I just fucking hate johnny depp so goddamn much i I wanted a I wanted to fuck you johnny depp episode and i think there's no better way to chastise the man than to look at his finances because it's it's you it's indefensible yeah it's yeah it's it's like it's like negligibly evil it's it's it's, he's just mr burns like he's just mr burns you can't that's the thing is it we're at a point in reality where actual human beings are acting crazier than Montgomery Burns, a caricature of crazy old rich people created in the 80s. Like, we fucked up. <laughs> Society done fucked up. Uh, anyways, you can email us at mediumagespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us uh, at mediumagescast on Twitter. Hey, uh, we have a new show on the network. It's called We're Experts. We're doing it because I can't do Sunday Morning Hangover Care anymore. Because it's too depressing. And Tom did it once and I think it got to him. It did. Man, that show, like, I already am, like, glued to my fucking phone every day. Yeah. Just getting, like, progressively less and we made, less hopeful. We made Twitter the podcast and we fucked up. Yeah. Um, so we, we all replaced it with a fun show where we pick a topic that we don't know anything about. And we goof on it. And we never pick people because we're smarter than that. Yep. Um, and... <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, guys. We were just thinking about like all the bad people we could have accidentally picked when we made that rule. Um, that was funny. And uh, you should check it out. And you should obviously also check out the other shows on the Major Cast Network. Check out Big Time Whoopsies. Eric did a Y2K episode that was really funny. Um, also, Double X Files is doing the X Files movie. In four I want to believe in so four parts. Um, and oh, uh, it's not. Uh, we're Josh and I are working on Musty TV Prestige, which is going to be a new vamp of the show, and it's going to be uh, way sillier and way goofier. And I think everyone's going to really like it. Yeah, that's it. That's all. We'll be there for you. Goodbye. Hey, don't watch Friends, by the way, guys. <laughs> It took us a while to say it.
almost 100 episodes in, like, we, we tap the friend shit is ironic. I just want that to be very clear. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.